0: Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Sirar. I'm Hino. I'm Cheesy. I'm Shabar. Sometimes people ask me what I do, and when I say I'm an Agile coach, there is a moment of hesitation. I already know that they have a particular view of Agile coaches, which is negative, I don't know if it ever had a technical focus, but it has certainly gotten into a very soft focus, and some of the conversations and advice and uh, coaching that happens is almost happening at a superficial level and not necessarily impacting teams the way you might think. Do you share that view of the agile landscape out there that coaching has become a little too soft?
1: I I would challenge the word has uh, because that kind of implies recently, so... The, the, the problem was that the, the original ideas and, that were came out in the Agile Manifesto were really, really solid and had some, uh, some great early successes. But what's happened over time is that really big companies have taken it up, and the large consulting companies are now the primary promoters of it out there. And these are companies whose goal is not to help transform companies or help companies learn how to deliver software better. Their goal is to make money. So as a result, it's been watered down. As a result, there have been a lot of scaling frameworks for these ideas that that you've got to be able to bring you know these these huge enormous projects in. So basically, agile has lost its bite. In other words, uh, many people uh, have been completely totally turned off uh, by agile. And yes, the agile roots was development. It, the uh, majority of the people at the manifesto were developers and it was early on a developer driven, uh, init- uh, developer driven ideas. It was really about helping developers get closer to the customer and rapidly iterate to deliver value. But what's happened is that over time, as it's become more corporate focused over time, as it's become more money focused, uh, they've lost the, 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 uh, the developers and developers have moved away so uh so there's been significant changes one of the big big aha moments for me when i realized that actually
2: the term manifesto for agile software development agile in that case one wasn't objective but over the years agile turned into a noun agile turned into a thing right it, it, it wasn't anymore a a a um a, a way of of doing things but it became the product right and, and I think that's what Cheesy was talking about, that all these large consulting companies took over and took this product further and further and further. And it's almost, I hate to say that, but they almost emptied that that, that, that original intent.
1: They, they don't want to piss off the customer because that's their cash flow, right? So, so they come up with these weak ideas around, well, you know, you can still keep all of your old structures. You don't really have to change that much. You can wear the, uh, the agile cloak.
3: Basically, what you're saying that capital A agile is uh, equally bad as capital W waterfall, and uh, and I would wholeheartedly agree agree with that. It's really um, it really hollowed out the uh, the concept in many different ways, and that is by looking at the practices that have been created, by looking at the frameworks that have been created as the law and as uh, the new way of doing things. And oh my, if you hold a stand up that is longer than fifteen minutes, and we, we need to put somebody in place to make sure that that we can cut it off at 15 minutes exactly by by following the rules exactly the way that they have once been described because they happen to work like that in a certain environment um you kind of hollow out the entire intent and and the value of of course as well of uh, of what that is and one of the things that that happens as a result of uh, of applying practices completely out of context and and just applying the mechanics that's how i always uh how always I always call it. You're building up an awful lot of frustration in your workforce as well because those practices might not work in your context, exactly the same way as where they were first invented or where they were first introduced. And if that's not the case, well, then you have a mismatch, not fit for purpose to bring in yet another term. And you're, you're building up frustrations and people don't get the value that they need, uh, yet they're forced to work in a certain way. Uh, and then, then the question is, why do we do all this? Uh, isn't it better to, to not cause all this disruption and keep on doing what we were doing badly anyways, but at least uh, we all knew where we were.
1: It's almost like, and we've all seen it, where where companies again and again, whenever they measure how well their teams are doing, they measure them based on some adherence to some heavyweight process, as opposed to how much value they deliver for their customers.
3: Yeah, it's compliance measurements, right? Compliance metrics instead of actually results.
2: This kind of predictability, this this kind of uh, corporate mechanics, this kind of um, uh, corporate, the big corporate habits, they just kind of applied almost the same rules. You know, the classic is when I'm always, always laugh, and they say, "Well, our agile, we have an agile transformation roadmap, we have an agile transformation plan." So, so they just apply again and again, and again the same, same habits, the same behavior that that they used before.
0: There's been a lot of distance created from the software. And uh, the people delivering that software, the people responsible for that software, whenever the the manifesto came out, uh, I think, as somebody said, they were mostly a bunch of developers who got together and thought, how could we better deliver products? Uh, and uh, I'm sure the focus early on was very much on the on the actual software and how, how to and how to work better together you know how how to reduce uh, reduce uh, lag and reduce waste and increase feedback and a lot of technical practices came in which helped with that but I think as soon as people discovered or somebody opened the door that, oh, I don't necessarily have to be a developer or I don't necessarily have to be a technical person, but I can still play in the Agile space. A lot of people came into the industry and created distance between themselves and the actual code that is being written. As that distance increased, we saw people kind of get tired of Agile because It now became a management framework, and it didn't really become about the programmers. Now, when you talk to programmers and actual developers, it's not uncommon for people to cringe when people say, am I, quote unquote, doing Agile? So when the people who who this idea was formed for and it was intended to help those, when those are the people that are rejecting it, that should say a lot about what has happened to Agile over the years.
1: It, it's almost like it became a way to manage people and to make sure that they're fully utilized and that they got plenty of things in their backlog and that their backlog is constantly growing. Yeah, absolutely. The other problem that I see is that uh, we have methodologies like Scrum, for example, that were originally created several decades ago that haven't gone through significant changes at all. Even though we have learned a lot in the last few decades in the software world, things like, for example, uh, uh, a lot of the lean startup ideas that weren't around whenever uh, Agile was originally coined, people could say, oh, yes, we can bring lean startup ideas in. That's fine. But do you see that? What we see is, you know, well, you're not following Scrum by the book, so you're quote unquote not Agile. Uh, things like lean startup, things like continuous delivery and continuous deployment, what we're talking about, these ideas didn't really exist back in those days. How have people adapted? How have people brought these ideas in and how are they leveraging them? If our, our goal is to measure how well people are following a methodology, then people won't really experiment with new ideas.
3: At the same time, though, I mean, we can't forget that Practices and frameworks like Scrum made uh, Agile quite popular with uh, with the masses and accessible as well by describing it in a way that it's actually fairly easy to follow as a set of mechanics. It suddenly opened up the door for an awful lot more people to benefit from it. The problem, of course, is that it took away, at least for the ones who um, who interpreted it in that sense, that it took away an awful lot of the the understanding, the deep understanding that the original uh signatories of the manifesto had
1: that's what i was about to say is show me where in the manifesto there are anything talking about
3: mechanics in early 2000, when the, the Agile Manifesto was written down, it was not just developers, though. That Those were people who had been in the software engineering industry for quite some time, who had experience with a whole bunch of challenges that we face when working together with a business, when working together with people who actually define products, when not being able to talk to our customers directly, when uh, when needing to wait for two, three months before we can put something in production or and and really get feedback about the work that we've done those people had that experience they knew what they were working with they could interpret the values that they created and those values but also not just there from the very beginning that's not what they started with that's what they distilled from all of the individual Practices and methods that they introduced in order to, uh, to work better. And they just found those 17 people found common ground in, in how they, they had been resolving those challenges. But, uh, with, uh, Scrum and Agile in general being, being more accessible to, to a larger audience, it also makes it very accessible to people who do not have that experience, who have an awful lot less, Insight in how to interpret those values and apply them, and that's where the adherence to um, to and the compliance to uh, to those practices comes from.
1: That that that's a sure way to make sure you fail. Right? I I think that people that don't know a lot about those methodologies actually have a better chance of becoming agile than those who know a lot about those methodologies. Because people who know about those methodologies and who have been exposed to quote unquote capital A agile or or this this whole whole insanity that we have out there that's driven by money, to be quite honest. And it's driven by centralized groups and large companies that are that are more concerned about their fiefdom and their power than they are about helping organizations change and deliver. People that have had that kind of exposure, it's really hard for them to now start to say, it's time to let go. It's time to start to really focus on what really matters, which is not adherence to any sort of methodology, but instead it's more of a, how do I get very, very close to my customer? How do I rapidly take their ideas and test those ideas out? How do I get the types of feedback that that my product folks need? How do we deliver software continuously?
0: So Cheesy, it sounds like uh, you're about to offer a brand new course, uh, which is going to be called Unlearning Agile. Looking Looking forward to that one.
2: Yeah, I was about to say that that if I'm if I'm hearing you guys, then what you guys are saying that agile is the new waterfall.
3: Yeah, exactly. This is what I said. Big A agile is exactly the same as big W waterfall. But it's safe, you know. <laughs> oh my god. The,
2: the thought leaders, if, if if I hate to say that word, but anyway, so so the, so the folks out there who were were in the forefront of the on the agile uh, movement, they are disillusioned. I, I saw a talk from from Dave Thomas, pragmatic Dave. Where he actually said that agile is dead. So and 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 this is exactly what he's talking about. This 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 whole commercialization. So I, I think many people started to see this already.
3: He was also the one who uh, who pointed out the difference between uh, agile as a verb and uh, sorry as a agile as an objective and uh, agile as a noun. So uh, I exactly. think that's the the keynote that I was thinking about as well when you said that. Hino earlier mentioned that uh, Scrum has
0: had its benefit where uh, it has exposed uh, agile practices to certain organizations. It's a fairly simple framework, easy to pick up. Scrum was always, to me, supposed to be, uh, it was supposed to be a temporary state where you basically pick up the cadences of doing things in short iterations. What what I have found is that it has become permanent. What really should have been a transitory stage is now a permanent stage and it has become the goal. So Chaba, is it time
2: for a new framework? I don't think so, but, but sometimes I joke that that scrum is a is a waterfall debugger. and uh, and and why I say that because it' really forces certain changes in the organization if it's done well. and I'm going to and I'm going to say nice things about scrum if an organization where they first pick up agile and they first start looking into it, I think scrum has huge benefits as long as the the organization also recognizes that they have to revisit their choices and, and they have to continuously improve and inspect and adapt, not only within Scrum, within the framework, but within the organization. I think there is an answer out there, which is which is pretty much just lean.
3: Right. And, and Scrum is a starting point, right? And, and should be interpreted and tuned as a, as you go through it. But that's exactly true for Kanban as well. That's That's true for anything that you start with. Don't, don't think that we have found the holy grail and we will keep on doing this until the end of our days. Uh, we are evolving in our practices on a, on a very regular basis, if not daily. We are challenging things that we did two weeks ago to see if there's not a better way of doing it. Uh, the same should be true for every single practice that you introduce out there. Every single practice that you find, every single framework that you find, every single methodology, it doesn't matter what you call those things. If you start with something, and six months later, it's still the same, then you're probably not doing it right.
1: Scrum has this idea of a team, but it really doesn't tell the team anything about how they should go about delivering software. I think Scrum by itself can help companies that are really, really bad get to a place where they're less bad. But I don't think Scrum by itself can help companies get to a place of being great. And I think in order to do that, you have got to focus on engineering practices. You have got to focus on pipelines. You've got to focus on high-quality developer testing and the things that, that, that Scrum doesn't bring to the table. So uh, Scrum by itself, like I said, can help really bad companies improve. If you start with Scrum a few months later, you're still following Scrum. You are not inspecting and adapting. And companies who insist that, that we have uniformity across all of our teams, that we have created X variant of Scrum and or SAFE or, or whatever it is, and every team must adhere to that, they will never have a chance of being an Agile organization. And uh, companies who have said that this is great for our teams, but they're not willing to change the organization around it will also never become an Agile organization
3: you say that and rightfully so that uh, that scrum does not have any description of of technical practices or engineering practices i don't think that's a flaw in scrum though i think that scrum is good at describing how and, and encouraging people to deliver something regularly it doesn't claim that it has a, it's not a framework that includes all those technical practices but then again i fi- i find very few frameworks If you look at Kanban, uh, a lot of people consider Kanban to be a better framework these days. I think it has value just as much as Scrum does. I don't think it's a perfect framework either. It doesn't talk about technical practices either. My point just being is, if a, a practice or a methodology does not include all the aspects of software engineering, that doesn't make it a bad framework. It doesn't need to include everything you can possibly touch in order for it to be a good framework to apply.
1: Well, that's, that's great in theory, but it's not That's not how it's actually working in practice in our industry. Unfortunately, there are 2,000 uh, Scrum coaches for every coach that knows how to write code. And whenever companies think about certifications, they think about Scrum Masters and so on and so on. So even though that, that's a great theory, whenever we start to talk about what's happening in our industry, It is this drive to adhere to the perfect Scrum that's causing a lot of the uh, dysfunctions that I see in Agile. Companies who do Scrum well probably are doing all right. But what we see is so many coaches out there who are content to help companies uh, and teams be okay. They're not really striving for excellence They're not really striving for how can I maximize the value that that I can deliver, but instead they're striving for how can I get more people to certify so we can make more money or how can I sell more scrum coaches out there. And So that's the thing that I think that's creating uh, a lot of this anger toward Agile.
3: Oh, I I agree. But now you're flagging a problem with agile coaches, or the term agile coaches, or whoever calls themselves agile coaches, and now the problem with Scrum. But I totally agree with that. The way I see it is what should be a bottom-up approach has become a top-down approach.
0: What started as a grassroots movement on helping developers and teams do better has become a management framework, which is imposed from the top down. And developers actually have very little say on how they actually want to work because the framework comes packaged with certain practices, which may not be suitable for the team. And I I actually like it when the the only the only thing we're operating on is just basic principles and not necessarily a framework, not even the daily stand up. I think the daily stand up is a good idea, but who says it's supposed to be fifteen minutes depending on the team's context, it could be something totally different. So when I see people stick to those practices you know like 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 their rituals and they have become rituals i uh, I see teams getting hurt there, and when professional coaches and and scrum masters or what have you reinforce practices that are actually working against the team
2: that's when you're like agile is dead the, the more people uh, recognize the fact that that we have to do a, a mental reset when we talk about agility and and just just consciously going back and and uh, and focusing on those on those core values I think that's that's an excellent start looking at the technical practices the when, whenever this, this change is happening in an organization it cannot happen only on the process level it has to happen on every single level has to happen at leadership level, has to happen on the, on the, on the team, on the, on the middle management. And of course, technical and technical practices level and, and inspect and adapt across the entire organization. And that's the spirit of agile.
3: I think it all needs to start with a fantastic book by uh, by Simon Sinek, and that is um, start with the why. So why are we doing this? And if you would ask that question with every single practice that we introduce, with every single method that we pick, with every single framework that we introduce, then uh, at least we would be able to be in a position to give uh, the people who work with it uh, the reasoning behind those decisions instead of them only applying the mechanics. And then you get much closer to uh, the principled way of working that uh, Zerar, you are referring to. And that would, um, I think that would make a tremendous difference.
1: I really dislike starting with any of the core methodologies. Again and again, I just try to get teams to go back to the original Agile manifesto, read the values, read the principles, and use that as a starting place. And then uh, I would layer on top of that. Modern Agile, which is about making people awesome, making safety a prerequisite, experiment and learn rapidly, and deliver value continuously. So I think a great exercise for a new team, somebody who's new to this, is not to start with a methodology, but to start with these values and principles and kind of build your own methodology and then iterate from there.
0: And that concludes the Continuous Delivery podcast. We'll see you again soon. Goodbye.